You're listening to How Did I Get Here? A deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Nina Lara, Global Innovator at ExxonMobil. Welcome, Nina. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, very excited to have you on the podcast. Um, So to start off, what does your current role as Global Innovator consist of on a daily basis? considering that no day looks the same. Um, So a global innovator, I actually support and sit in ExxonMobil's fuels and lubricants company, which is the external consumer-facing part of the ExxonMobil Corporation. And what our team does, I sit within a specific innovation team. Our focus is to try and understand what innovation means within the offers and services that we're developing and how do we develop what we call transformational opportunities. So how do we make sure that we're getting ahead of and looking at certain uh, trends that are going on in the world that have nothing to do with the business that we're in today that could be the business we should be in in the future? How do we explore what those opportunities are across different markets in the world and pursue them and build concepts that could lead into separate entities and businesses that we're creating. And that's really what our team focuses on, as well as what we call enabling the business to innovate in their day-to-day jobs. So how can the business understand how to incrementally improve what they're doing in the base business and what we are doing today? So my job is very flexible as to what it is I do on a day-to-day basis. I'm either on a project somewhere in the world. I've traveled a lot and been working on really exciting things in different markets. So I'm either on a project applying a process, an innovation process to finding a new opportunity in business for ExxonMobil to invest in, or I am working closely with a business and trying to understand the challenges and problems that they're facing and kind of acting as a consultant and helping them um, partner with other people in finding solutions and, and doing things quickly. Would you be able to give a few examples of the types of projects or external companies you've worked with? Sure. So projects we've worked with, one example is we actually invested in a startup last year a uh, on-demand car services startup, Yoshi. They're based in San Francisco. And that came about because our team was looking into the consumer space and what was going on with on-demand and, you know, what trends started indicating about convenience being really important to consumers. And we were trying to understand the role ExxonMobil could play in the products that we have with our lubricants and our fuels products in the consumer space and what trends were indicating. So we did a lot of research and understanding by talking to people about what's going on. And then we started thinking through more services and offers that we could expand our business into. And this this concept came about that's very similar to what some startups were working on around bringing these 
car services to people versus instead of people going out of their way to go and, and find by going to dealers or mechanics, et cetera. And so we were very interested in the development of that and where it could go. And we started partnering with Yoshi and GM and working with them in figuring out what this space looked like. And Yoshi at the time was about to go into their Series A funding round, and we were very interested in partnering with them, and GM was too. So that was a really cool opportunity where ExxonMobil had the opportunity to invest in a startup, and uh, we've held that, we've kind of managed that relationship since then, and it's been a really cool way to develop partnerships with startups that we haven't really done in the past uh, in this way. So that's an example that is in the consumer space that was a little different than the typical way we've looked at things. Uh, we've been very focused on products. This was a cool way to look at, you know, beyond product into offers and services. So that was really interesting. And then when it comes to who we've worked with, we started to have more relationships with um, accelerators and incubators and the startup community, trying to understand that community and manage the relationship that we start to develop with startups and, and what others are doing. It both helps us get our solutions to develop solutions faster, as well as to just stay plugged into some emerging technologies and, and things that are going on in the world. So we've worked with consultants, but then also some really cool accelerators and things like that. And what's your favorite part of your job? My favorite part? Um, that's a good question. I really, really love the uncertainty of my job. There's um, a lot of ambiguity associated with innovation. It's a dis- There's a disciplined approach to innovation, but it's just so much fun to go out and try to understand the problems that people are faced with, whether it's consumers or customers, or if you're supporting the business, people in the business, it's really interesting to go out and just be curious, I would say, and and try to understand what people are struggling with and figure out then how to help them. So you're developing these concepts and ways to help people. And it's really, really cool to watch that grow and focus on helping people. I've always cared about helping people, and so I found a really cool way to do that, and that's my favorite part. Absolutely. And on the flip side of that, what's one thing that you wish could be better or different? That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I would. So I like what I'm doing. I would say I wish there were more people across the organization that were doing it and understood this space. Um, And this happens a lot in large corporations where innovation is a term that is being thrown around a lot and people are so focused on the end result of innovation by looking at what people are introducing into the market and these big unicorns that are coming out of investments, etc. I think what is not as understood is the what we call the act of innovating and it's the creativity and the process associated with innovation it's the mindset you bring the questions that you're asking the curiosity that you have um i wish that more people 
adopted that mindset and, and practiced innovation across any role that they're in versus needing or feeling that they need the title or permission to do that. Um, I would say that's that's something that I wish were a little different. That's not necessarily specific to my job, but it's something that I think a lot of corporations and people struggle with when they try to understand the space. Yeah, definitely. And so I guess a follow-up question to that is how large is you know, the innovation team within ExxonMobil and how do you, you know, work to connect with all the different branches within Exxon? <laughs> so ExxonMobil is huge. Um, it's, it's a very, very large corporation. And within ExxonMobil, we have different what we call functional companies. So I sit within one of the different functional companies and we are a innovation team, a small team of about 10 or so that focus on innovation and these transformational opportunities I was talking about earlier, those kind of future things that we aren't focused on today. There are other teams across the different companies that are doing similar things. Uh, We call it commercial innovation. There are other teams that are doing similar things. So we stay connected and we try to centralize our efforts as much as possible, especially when you're really interfacing externally with people or startups or companies or consultants around the world. Um, so we try to stay as connected as we can, but there there are different teams trying to tackle different challenges because if you look at ExxonMobil, you've got a lot of scientists and engineers and people tackling different aspects of things across the corporation. So their, their need is different, but we all stay stay connected and try to learn from each other as we continue to understand this space. And prior to your current position in Exxon, you worked in strategic communications at a few different locations. Would you be able to talk about your progression throughout ExxonMobil and how it's different than what one may experience at another company? Sure. Um, So I've had a very non-traditional career path. I've always been a little bit of an, an odd kind of fit to the corporation. Um, but it's been fun. I think it's been really interesting. We So the career path I've had, I kind of came in at a time where we were leaving the ownership or, of our retail stations and fuels. Uh, we used to own our retail stations, and we were uh, deciding not to. So I, was, I came in at a time that we were trying to figure out what that career path looked like for people coming into the company. So I started in communications. Um, I studied business management and finance, but I had an opportunity to start in communications. And I had a couple of different roles in whether it was strategic communications, supporting management across um, the company that I worked within at ExxonMobil, or I later then went into a role where it was focused more on change management and communication um, associated with, you know, moving people in uh, D.C. because we used to have our headquarters in in Fairfax, Virginia, and moving people out here to Houston where we have our headquarters now. There was a lot of change management communications associated with that. And then I went into public and government affairs within ExxonMobil, and I did a lot of external and internal communications and, and working with president and VP levels across the different functional companies at ExxonMobil trying to understand and um, support them in communication efforts. 
I learned a lot about the different components of the corporation as a whole. Traditionally, going into ExxonMobil, uh, one of the really great benefits of the way that we develop people professionally in this company is we try to understand what your interests are and what your experience was in school. We hire a lot of people coming out of school right out of their education and we put them into different roles and we rotate people through different roles pretty quickly. So if you went into our fuels and lubricants business, you know, you, you would go through operations and sales and marketing and you'd go through these different roles to try to understand the different aspects of the business and, and learn about uh, how these pieces fit together so that you can then start uh, creating and formulating uh, your career and what you're interested in pursuing. And other businesses have similar career paths. Um, the more non-traditional is where you don't fit that traditional path of this is what we want you to kind of do and um, this is where it could lead. That's the path I've had where it's been a little bit of going to different places and exploring different things and now trying to figure out how that fits into a possible career in the company and my future in the company. Um, but it's been fun. It's been, it's been really, really interesting. And what is some advice that you can give to someone listening who has a passion for your line of work? Advice. Um, so I do a lot of recruiting for the company as well. I'm very, very involved outside of my job. I've always been since I started. Um, I've always said, especially for people that or just engineers are focused on very technical roles. It's, I work with a lot of engineers. I think um, being open to a role that may not fit what you studied or feel comfortable in is something really important to explore. Um, I've always, I've always said that anything that has scared me because I feel like it's too grand of a challenge is where I've grown and learned the most. So um, if anything scares you because it seems that you can't do it, do it because it's, it's, it's a space that you have such an opportunity to grow in. Um, when you go into large corporations and you move around the way that we do that here in, in the career development at ExxonMobil, it's important to be open to those spaces that you aren't familiar with. I would say it's important to have that perspective. I think it's, when, you, when it comes to innovation or communications or anything someone's interested in, it's, it's one thing to have an innovation role and to be able to have the freedom of some of the things that we do in our team where your, your purpose is to go out there and find certain opportunities and work with, with startups and others. But there's a whole mindset associated with innovation that's also really important to just apply to anything that you're doing. So if you aren't in an innovation type of role, it doesn't mean that you can't innovate. So I would say, you know, focus on what it is that you want to do and what skill sets do you want to build and how do you want to grow professionally and figure out how to apply that and how it starts defining who you are that you start applying that to any job you're in regardless of the title you have. And for someone who either wants to work in the innovation field or wants to apply innovation to, you know, what they're currently doing, how can they get in that mindset, you know, of always thinking about innovation? 
Um, how can I get in that mindset? So there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of conferences people can go to. There's a lot of podcasts that people can listen to that speak to innovation. There's also a lot of uh, people. So let's say you go into a company and you're working in a space that's not innovation, but they have people working in innovation. I mean, network, talk to people, take classes, read books. There's a lot of methodologies and there's a discipline to innovation that can be used in any role. And it's foundational kind of mindsets and behaviors that I would say um, you can learn by applying. One of them is just asking the right questions. Um, There's books you can read that help you. I think one of them is A More Beautiful Question. I read that recently, and it was amazing. It just gives you a very interesting perspective to asking the right questions. And and it just by reading, I've learned a lot. Um, you can What's happening in the world today is, in the past, answers have been really important. And what's happening with our generation is, and, and future generations, I think that questions are more important than answers. It's asking the right questions that's leading to a lot of these discoveries and, and game-changing things that are going on in the world. So when when I started this job, my boss told me something that stuck with me always, and it was just stay curious, be curious, stay curious. And um, that's how I've learned the most is just asking questions, reading books, listening to podcasts, going to trainings and conferences, and and absorbing information through through working with other people. And my final question for you is, what, if anything, do you wish you could have done differently in your business journey thus far? Differently. Um, so I'm not the kind of person that says, I regret this. I, I hate talking about regret. Um, however, I do think that in my journey, the biggest thing I would probably say I would have loved to have done differently is to not be afraid to take on the challenges I was afraid to take on. Um, there, when you have done something for a while and you start becoming an expert I hesitate in taking that ownership and I hesitate sometimes in learning things and I wish that I would have had a little more confidence in myself through growing as a professional it's a little intimidating going into a company when you're young and you just know you don't know much but I I don't think I valued I don't think I understood the value of not knowing things and asking questions and being more um, exploratory in what you're trying to understand. I think that's one of the things that I, I would have wanted to do more of. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of How Did I Get Here? If you want to learn more about Nina, her LinkedIn profile is in the description below. This is the 10th and final episode of season one. We're going to take a month break and we'll be back in March with another set of 10 awesome episodes. Until then.